through Balanced Ballerinas. Now, if you head to the Balanced Ballerinas Instagram, at Balanced Ballerinas, I'm going to share a photo. It was taken by Max Depain and it's absolutely stunning. It was captured in 1939 in Centennial Park and the dancers pictured are Emmy Towsey and Evelyn Ippen, I hope I'm saying these names correctly, <laughs> who were performing a Gertrude Bodenweiser piece called Water Lilies. Bodenweiser trained extensively in classical ballet before declaring that the art form had become a mere exhibition of virtuosity and moved into exploring more modern ways of moving through her school ensemble and performance pieces. I'll be honest, I sometimes feel the same way as Bodenweiser. Again, I hope I'm saying her name right. <laughs> and, you know, too often the ballet world can feel just so prehistoric and aristocratic and too much about the perfect ballet body or perfect ballet training. And that's why I've made it my life's mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. If you've been a listener of the podcast, you've known for a very long time that that's been my mission. So there's a lot of chatter on social media at the moment, particularly on mine, over a comment that I made on a reel. It said, Anybody who practices ballet is a ballerina. Your uncle who surfs on the weekend calls himself a surfer. Your dad who plays golf a couple of times a year calls himself a golfer. You have every right to call yourself a ballerina. This is the caption that I wrote, like I said, on a reel that I posted to Instagram recently. And the accompanying video was a quick snapshot of one of my adult ballet classes with the text, anybody who practices ballet is a ballerina. For context, my videos and reels usually only get about, you know, maybe a couple of thousand views, maybe 10,000 at the most. But since I last checked, this particular one has hit over 130 or 40,000 views or something crazy. Sometimes I put a huge amount of thought into my social media posts, but this one was quite spontaneous and it just came to me while sitting on the couch waiting for dinner to be ready. Honestly, it was a spur of the moment, unplanned post, and it just really came from the heart. But the reason it became so popular and still is to this day is because the comments section has gone wild with all sorts of opinions and arguments. I honestly didn't expect the reaction that it triggered. Honestly, I had no idea what was coming. However, I'd say about 80% of commenters were so incredibly thankful for the words and the permission to call themselves a ballerina, whilst the remaining 20%, they completely disagreed with me. Interestingly, the majority of that 20% were dance teachers, and I found this really fascinating, but, you know, sadly not surprising, because as a teacher... I believe that allowing clients and students to feel a sense of belonging to a community is really vital to their studios and their companies and their product survival. Amongst the noise, there were a few comments from a fellow ballet teacher who resides in Brisbane, which is about an hour from my own studio, so it's very close. He wrote, I have to respectfully disagree and find this to be a disregard for ballet's history. Anyone who practices ballet can be called a ballet dancer, but ballerina is reserved for those female dancers who have achieved the highest ranks in professional companies. Calling anyone who practices ballet a ballerina is disrespectful to the decades of work done to attain the title. Ugh, end quote. It's the comment about me having total disregard for ballet history and the use of the word disrespectful that got me. I could not have been 
you know, more respectful to ballet and especially professional ballerinas of this world who dedicate their blood and their sweat and their tears literally to this art form. So I responded, thanks for stopping by on my account. I must admit, I'm really surprised by your comment. I've admired your love for also teaching adults and children from afar. I thought your vision was also to instill a love of ballet within an within anyone who comes to your studio and in my opinion allowing students to not only embrace but also be proud to call themselves a ballerina is crucial to this love. The dusty notion that only professionals can be called a ballerina is exactly what deters people from beginning. My whole life's work is about breaking down those elitist barriers often associated with ballet partly so that both you and I can continue doing what we love most. When a friend who surfs once a week calls himself a surfer and a father that plays golf once a month calls himself a golfer, I believe someone who regularly and consistently studies ballet can call themselves a ballerina. I have the utmost respect for professional dancers and ballerinas, just like I have the utmost respect for professional surfers and professional golfers. Anyway, just my thoughts on my social media. Hope your business is doing well during these tricky times and take care end quote. I was honestly planning on leaving it there. As I mentioned previously, I was relaxing at home and I'm pretty sure it was like a Saturday night and I don't spend much time on social media from Saturday evening through to the following Sunday. And the last thing that I really wanted to get into was a debate. However, I must admit if there are comments happening on my social media platform because of something that I have posted that if read could potentially stop a client or someone in my audience from studying ballet or beginning ballet, I need to monitor that conversation and I need to fight for what I have dedicated my entire life to, the pursuit of breaking down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet that deter people from beginning and essentially optimizing their mental and physical well-being. Now, Before I read the reply, I want to note that I did think about inviting this particular person on the podcast. In fact, after our exchange on Instagram, he basically asked to be a guest on the podcast for a more in-depth discussion, um, which I found very interesting. Anyway, but we did have a more in-depth discussion privately in direct messages, but can I be honest? I am so tired of this argument and there is absolutely no way he's going to change my mind on this topic. And I fiercely, fiercely protect what Balance Ballerina stands for. And this argument to me is a non-negotiable and I don't know how further discussion with him would have benefited this community or, to be honest, my own mental health. I invite people on this podcast that inspire and interest me so that they inspire and interest the community to continue pursuing their love of ballet. I don't invite people to the party who could potentially make someone feel excluded by, you know, dragging around out-of-date arguments that sound factual due to their elitist nature but are in fact simply really prehistoric. We are, after all, called balanced ballerinas around here. In fact, not too long ago, I'd actually scheduled an interview with someone in the ballet world who is incredibly respected and held in a very high regard. However, I actually cancelled that interview because I heard him say during a conversation that there are some people in this world who just shouldn't do ballet because they don't have access to what he considers exceptional training and that bad ballet hurts his eyes. Yes, not very nice. I was shocked. I immediately thought of... 
The beautiful children that I taught in Africa a few years ago, you know, their smiling faces as they twirled around their mud-covered floors in the Kibera slums doing pirouettes. The purpose that their weekly ballet class brings to their lives is just something that the average white privileged person will never understand. And watching them rehearse combinations I gave them well after class was finished was one of the most beautiful things that I'd ever seen. Ballet for these students keeps them safe and youthful. Let me explain what I mean by youthful. When I was in Africa, I had the most incredible woman who I still keep in contact with to this day. And she showed me around the school and she was the one who organized the dance classes that I was taking over there. Christine is the Kenyan director of Anos Africa, the charity that I was working with. And she's responsible for really bringing arts to the slums. We climbed to the top of one of the school buildings and when I say climb, I really do mean climb. There were no rails on these staircases and the stairs are completely uneven. Christine said that children have even died and seriously injured themselves whilst climbing these stairs at school. Can you even begin to imagine that happening here? I just, I can't even. But as we stood on the top of this building overlooking the slums and the children playing below, Christine explained that their attendance at ballet is sometimes their only escape from home life where they are in charge of looking after elderly grandparents, raising siblings, or sadly being abused by their fathers and uncles. Ballet for them is an escape from an imminent adulthood that comes well before their time. So... I dare you to tell these children that they can't call themselves a ballerina because if that label brings a slither of peace and serenity into their lives, which we can never even begin to imagine, then I will shout from that rooftop that they are ballerinas. Ballet is just so much more than perfect arms and legs. It can be essential to the survival of some But according to this man I had scheduled an interview with, someone who regularly posts about his new grand piano, incredibly expensive antique furniture and lavish lifestyle, apparently only those who have the perfect ballet body and can afford proper training should be allowed to participate. It's a shame really because I'd invited him on because I quite enjoy his teachings on things like port-au-bras. But alas, I want nothing further to do with these prehistoric dinosaurs, and I'm just so glad that I cancelled that interview. I also read a quote by an economist that said, faced with a choice between changing one's mind and proving there is no need to do so, almost everyone gets busy with the proof. So I'm using this podcast episode to provide some proof and reasons for my passionate stance because, quite frankly, I have the right to protect the energy of the work that I am so proud of that we have actually done together through this brand, Balanced Ballerinas. I'm talking to you if you're listening. You are part of this work. Now, you'll notice that I am not using the name of the person who I began a lengthy argument with. I mean, it's public comments that he made, so he obviously wouldn't have an issue with it. I'm also making sure that I use the whole comment that he made. I'm not just pulling parts because I think that's really important um, and respectful to him. But I don't think that it's necessary or kind to use his name. And I really don't want this conversation to begin a pylon of this person because there are many that think this way. And I certainly don't condone the bullying or cancelling of one individual over a semi-collective thought of a particular group of people in this industry who 
really, quite frankly, need to get with the times if they want our beloved art form to thrive. So with saying that, please don't seek this person out in the comments. Honestly, it's not worth your time. How about we put that energy into some good vibes instead of feeding the argument? Perhaps you could share a balanced ballerina's quote that inspires you or that you love or share a video of your own practice. Call yourself a ballerina in the comments section and spread that beautiful energy. That would be my advice. Now, on the other hand, I'm sure there are going to be some ballet teachers or students that actually agree with those that say you can't call yourself a ballerina. But before you email me or go comment on this post, hear me out. Okay, let's go. So he continued, my reasons for disagreeing have to do with the time and dedication it takes to earn the title of ballerina in the traditional sense. Of course, anyone can call themselves what they want to, but just as someone who paints would not call themselves a master painter, I believe that the mastery that is associated with the term ballerina should be reserved for the women who have mastered their craft. All that being said, I absolutely believe anyone and everyone should practice ballet if they feel called to it. That part I definitely agree on. And the history of ballet is one of aristocracy. In fact, Originally, only men were allowed to dance the king's dance, as it was called, in the court of Louis XIV. I love being able to share the art form that has consumed decades of my life in beauty and creative challenges with anyone who wants to learn, but I also think it's necessary to honour the history of the masters who have come before me and their achievements as ballerinas. It may be old-fashioned, but it is part of the etiquette of ballet. I also hope your business is doing well and that we can both continue to share our love of ballet with generations to come. End quote. That's not my quote, everyone. That is his quote. Honestly, where do I even begin with this response? The comment about how ballet's history is one of aristocracy and originally only men were allowed to dance just shook me to my core. So essentially what we're saying with this comment, if, you know, history is to be honoured and respected, is that only white, wealthy men should participate in ballet. Well, (laughs) there's enough white, wealthy men in positions of power across the dance industry and almost every other industry in the world. We really don't need to bring these thoughts or plant the seed that only the elite can practice ballet. I mean, come on. (laughs) This makes me think of a Misty Copeland quote that she recently put into the universe. She said, ballet is run mostly by old white people. So I find myself having these moments of complete fatigue. But at the same time, this racial reckoning that we've experienced in the past almost two years has been a tipping point for the ballet industry. End quote. Thank you, Misty. (laughs) Anyway, my response was, I understand what you're saying. However, the beauty of the present is that we can change the parts of history that exclude someone or feel elitist. Final Bow for Yellowface is a perfect example of this. I think we're beyond telling someone how they can and cannot identify. Anyway, let's just agree to disagree, hey? Have a lovely evening. End quote. To be honest... I really couldn't be bothered arguing any further. My social media is a place for positive reinforcement and inspiration, not debate and finger pointing. And my intention with the post was really to make adult ballerinas believe that they can call themselves a ballerina because if they train regularly, then they most certainly can. The argument that you wouldn't call yourself a master painter if you were an amateur one is invalid and makes no sense at all because if someone is a painter, 
they call they call themselves a painter. They're not walking around calling themselves a master painter. I'm not telling people to walk around calling themselves a master ballerina or even a prima ballerina, which we'll get into now. All I'm saying is that they can call themselves a ballerina as much as their dad can call himself a golfer, their friend a surfer, or their sister a singer. My sister, for example, has the most beautiful voice, absolutely angelic, and she spent many years training classically. She still sings at home all the time and, you know, practicing with her piano and even sings at her closest friend's weddings as they walk down the aisle. Just because she hasn't made singing a career doesn't mean she's not allowed to call herself a singer. Do you know what I mean? And there are a few commenters who pulled the surfer reference from my original quote and said comments such as, We all know that officially ballerina is a title afforded at a certain level professionally. You are a ballet dancer, not a ballerina or a ballerino or prima ballerina. These are titles like a surfer might be a world champion, but not all surfers are world champions or entitled to that title if they haven't earned it. End quote. Okay, so this person has actually won my argument for me. I don't know any casual surfer who would call themselves a world champion unless they were a world champion. I also don't know any casual ballerinas who would call themselves a prima ballerina. Do you see what I mean? Like, do you see my argument here? The commenter continued, you might be a craftsman, but not a master craftsman. If you are interested in ballet, these are important things to know. And they are earned, not given out like lollipops to children who wish to prop up their ego. Would you call yourself an Olympian if you did a sport but had not been to the Olympics? End quote. Okay, of course not. Do you see how this argument is ridiculous? No one is going to call themselves an Olympian unless they went to the Olympics. This argument makes no sense and allowing a three-year-old to call themselves a ballerina is not a disservice or disrespectful act to professional ballerinas everywhere. In fact, it's essential to making little ones feel connected to a community that fosters a lifetime love of the arts and ensures the professional ballerinas have a job because one day they're going to be the ones buying tickets to the shows. I think the next part of this discussion needs to be about the actual definition of the word ballerina. A few people in the Balanced Ballerinas community actually jumped in the comments and provided the actual definition of the word ballerina for me. Thank you very much to those who did. One member of the community wrote, the Cambridge Dictionary definition of a ballerina is a female ballet dancer. So yes, I call myself a ballerina, not a professional ballerina, nor prima ballerina, but just a ballerina. End quote. In response to this, the dance teacher from Brisbane wrote, yeah, this just went on all night, guys. I see where you're coming from. Having been a professional principal dancer, the amount of times in casual conversation that I would state I was a ballet dancer and non-professionals would say, oh, me too. I did ballet all the way through high school. I was a ballerina too. Often felt like it undermined the five hours a day, six days a week I spent training at the Kirov Academy of Ballet to have the ability to perform professionally. I'm not trying to win an argument or fight against the balanced ballerina, but I have earned the right to have an opinion given the experience I have had in the dance world. Whether the status quo should be changed or not is a different discussion, but there should be a qualifier to differentiate those who dance as a profession versus non-professionally, as the level of dedication is different. Not everyone can nor will become a professional ballet dancer. It is an elite profession. Does that mean you can't practice ballet? 
Of course not. And I am probably being old fashioned about all of this. End quote. I think you are being a little bit old fashioned about this. But anyway, (laughs) so old fashioned that I dedicated an entire episode to this. Okay. Honestly, the elitism and gatekeeping in this answer just does my head in. And to be honest, the comment about casual conversation where he didn't feel validated makes me feel like this is a personal issue, not a discussion of the facts and betterment of the dance community as a whole. Now, I could be wrong, but I think, and this is my personal opinion, that there are many ex-dancers who are really uncomfortable with the casual use of the words ballerina and ballerino because they have been hurt by the industry and want people to know how much they have suffered compared to the average human. And I think that's why it stings when a child or adult identifies as a ballerina. But guess what? If anyone knows how hard a professional ballerina works, it's someone who studies and practices ballet as a hobby. They know how hard it is. It's a professional ballerina's job to make what they do on stage look completely effortless. That's the magic of ballet. But when a student begins studying ballet, whatever the age, they truly understand that it's not magic after all. It's a hell of a lot of work, dedication and skill. So I don't think professional or ex-professional ballerinas should be offended when someone who studies ballet as a hobby calls themselves a ballerina or a ballerino or a dancer or whatever. They can't even imagine what it took for you to get there, but they have more of an insight than the general public, which garners even more respect for the professionals. On that note, I think there's actually something we don't talk about enough. When you're in a pre-professional training setting, Yes, it's common to be told that, you know, you're not good enough or skinny enough, et cetera, et cetera. We've spoken about this before, but you're also told how incredibly talented and special you are. You put on a pedestal amongst family and friends, and when that's no longer part of your life, it's not uncommon to go through a serious identity crisis. Honestly, I used to cringe when people called me a ballerina after I finished my professional training. And when I opened a studio, family members would call me a ballerina and I would correct them and I'd say, no, I'm just a dance teacher. And to be honest, those times of my life were times of anxiety and sadness and a sense of really not knowing who I am or where I belong. I was just incredibly defensive. But now that I have a more healthy relationship with ballet and don't even flinch, let alone correct people who call me a ballerina, I am far more productive and calm and I'm just a happier human. I mean, I have dedicated my life to studying ballet. I teach over 27 hours of ballet a week on top of my own study and practice. So I really shouldn't get so worked up if someone calls me a ballerina now, should I? The balanced ballerina's lifestyle is what I strive to share with all my clients who love and take their ballet seriously. Seriously enough to call themselves a ballerina, but not seriously enough to take it professionally. Because you might not have the money or the body or simply the access to training, and that doesn't make your love or passion any less. In Atomic Habits, which is one of my favorite books, James Clear, the author, wrote, Humans are herd animals. We want to fit in, to bond with others, and to earn the respect and approval of our peers. 
Such inclinations are essential to our survival. For most of our evolutionary history, our ancestors lived in tribes. Becoming separated from the tribe, or worse, being cast out, was a death sentence. End quote. A little bit dramatic, I know, but so true. As humans, we want to belong and bond with our peers. My beautiful clients that come to Balance Ballerinas HQ just love being free to call themselves a ballerina. And they have every right. I have some women that take class with me four or five times a week. You know, that is some serious dedication. And allowing these wonderful humans to call themselves a ballerina is not only good for business, but it's good for the soul. And it takes the elitism out of the practice and softens its archaic exterior of nobility, which creates a new space for the ballerina who is a little more balanced. Now, before I conclude this episode and put this argument to rest, there are two points I want to briefly discuss. The first being that we should call ourselves ballet dancers instead of ballerinas. There were quite a few comments about this, but honestly, potatoes, potatoes, you know, if we go back to that dictionary definition, a ballerina is a female ballet dancer. Do I need to say any more? I don't think so. (laughs) And secondly, an argument that I really respect and have deeply pondered is that we should perhaps be a little more inclusive in our language in terms of ballerina for female and ballerino for male. What if you don't identify with either? I had a wonderful discussion with a fellow ballet teacher who said she calls all her students dancers to keep it simple and gender neutral. I like this and, you know, it's definitely something that I'm continuing to think about. But to wrap this up, I had one final conversation with my Pilates instructor who, along with his wife, are ex-professional dancers. When I explained the argument that erupted on social media in between doing my Pilates exercises, he took a deep breath and he said, honestly, Georgia, who cares? The creme de la creme and prima ballerinas and ballerinos of the world don't actually get called ballerinas or ballerinos. They are called Misty Copeland, Margot Fontaine, Mikhail Baryshnikov, Rudolf Nureyev. They get two names. They get their whole name, their first and last name, because at at the end of the day, they're more than a title. When he said this, I actually laughed so hard because he is so right. Aren't we all beyond just a title? Aren't we all beyond telling one another how we can and cannot identify? And if you work incredibly hard and you reach those highest of heights, people will know your first and last name. If someone inconsistently studies ballet and goes around telling everyone that they're a ballerina, who cares? (laughs) But more importantly, if you study ballet on a consistent and regular basis, showing up for your mental and physical health at the bar and want to call yourself a ballerina, I say go for it. You absolutely are. Now, if you disagree with what you've heard today, Please, please don't fill my inbox or DMs on social media with your argument against my opinion. I will not reply. And it's not because I'm closed off to, you know, differing opinions or I refuse to debate. I love a good debate. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm constantly trying to better myself, my clients, and be open to new trains of thought. However, this argument for me is now closed. For my sanity for my clients' well-being, and for this wonderful community I just love so very much. Case closed. 
Now, before I say have a wonderful week, I wanted to let you know that the podcast is back to being on Thursdays. So Thursday releases because I found that Sunday was a tricky day for me. Sunday is a day of rest. And as much as I enjoyed um, releasing on a Sunday and tend to get more listeners, it's not so great for my Sunday relaxing. So I'm going to be popping in on Thursdays and I've been really enjoying writing my newsletters of late, which I send out every Friday to the Balanced Ballerinas community. Thousands and thousands of Balanced Ballerinas all around the world. So if you'd like to receive those newsletters, I'd love to hear from you. Slip into my DMs and send me your email address if you don't already receive them, and I'll be sure to add you to the list. So with that, I'm a bit tired now. You can tell that I am just so passionate about this. So yes, please respect my opinion and please respect that if you do send me your opinion on this that's in rebuttal. I just won't reply. (laughs) Have a wonderful week, ballerinas, and I'll pop in your ears next Thursday. 